Welcome to Cars and Kung Fu, a podcast of two entirely different subjects, totally unrelated. I am your host, Chris Vicente, and I have our co-host with us, Delmar Miner. How's everybody doing? Coven Blackman. Yep. And again, we have special co-host, Dwayne Hayes. Howdy, everyone. All right. Sifu Delmar. Yes, sir. Kids. What about them? So we just started a kids program about a year ago. I've got a great kids instructor. Um, he is fantastic. His backup instructor is actually our super producer, Bonnie. They do a great job teaching these kids. And really, it has to be a separate program. But it took us 20-something years to start a program. Well, you know, I think it's funny how, especially I think in the Kung Fu community, you don't see as many kids programs. You see a lot more teenagers, adults. But to me, in order to, in, in, the, in 2022, to have a successful, uh, not everybody, but I think most people, to have a successful martial arts school, you need a thriving kids program. You know, it's hard to do a kids program. We see a lot of the uh, schools that... Um, I don't like to use the term sellout, but they've watered down their martial arts for profit. Let me put it that way. Well, you know, it, the thing about a kid's program that makes it so difficult is kids are very flighty. Um, and so can anybody else. But kids are exploring the world a lot more. There's so many things that they can do, so many other sports and so many other things that take their attention. And sometimes um, a martial arts program if this not catered correctly to children can really turn them off quickly. And I think a lot of schools have started to, like you said, water down their art in order to keep the children um, because, you know, the truth is that they are a big portion of a martial arts school's income. I'll tell you, you know, for years we tried to do it, but I knew uh, very early on we had to have a dedicated kids instructor dedicated youth instructor there's no other way to do it they can't be in the same class with adults all the time even if their parents are there it's very difficult uh and i know you teach a lot of kids so i i you know bow at the waist to you sir because uh i just can't do it i'm not going to sit here and lie to you i am not a kids a youth instructor it's hard um and i'm the one who you know started as a kid at 14 started in the arts so i applaud that you're able to do that i think it does take a level of patience that you know sometimes um people who've been in the martial arts for years maybe don't have with children because a lot of times kids don't want to pay attention they want to play um so i think the fun thing about being a kid's instructor is you have to uh learn how to cater your material to a child in order for them to learn it um you can't just take a kid and sit them in a stance and expect them to stay there they're not going to do that. They do that in the Chinese movies? Come on now. Oh, no, that's not realistic. Um, I mean, the kids nowadays are so different than, of course, when we were children. You know, that is, uh, that's a good fact. Uh, I think we have overstimulus of uh, so much media out there. I mean, for me, even when we had cable, we only had 20 channels. You know, the 20th being MTV. Yes, I watched MTV premiere. I'm ancient. But... Uh, it was one of those things where Kung Fu, the TV series, David Carradine would come on in the afternoons, um, and that really sparked my interest to want to 
want to do martial arts. The movie Avenging Warriors of Shaolin I watched on a Kung Fu Action Theater on the USA Network many moons ago and went to the park and they had uh, flyers for Kung Fu lessons for 10 for $10. And that got me started on the path. Well, that's really cool. It's interesting how, you know, like you said, media, you know, influenced you to, to do martial arts uh, as a as a kid. And so today, yes, I mean, there's a lot of martial arts media, but then there's so much other media out there that um, are really catered to kids that they just draw to. So, you know, I, I guess as a martial arts instructor, and as we talked about this before, you just have to make sure that you're doing those things to attract and then retain the kids because they're the future of the martial arts. So going along that same lines, we finally, our youth is at a point to where uh, they're going to do their first competition this year, 2022. Um, we're going to a uh, karate tournament in Fayetteville, North Carolina to get experience before they go to the uh, Baltimore tournament, the uh, International Guoshu Tournament, U.S. Guoshu Tournament up in Hunt Valley, Maryland. Um, so how do you prepare your uh, youth students to do these tournaments? Well, a lot of times, um, and this is something that um, I actually picked up from you, um, is that in the school, we'll kind of do like uh, mock tournaments, or I guess you can call it almost like an inner school tournament, where we will um, take the children and we'll have them come up and we teach them how to present themselves. We teach them how to stand, how to dress. Um, I mean, we basically have to break it down for them so they understand when they go on the stage that, um, you know, you're out there by yourself and you have to make sure that you do certain things if you want to, you know, score high or do well. Um, and every kid loves the trophies and the medals. And we have to try to make them understand that in order to achieve those goals, you're going to have to do certain things. So we try to give them as much of the experience um, early on. So when they get out there, it's not so uh, daunting on them or, you know, because, you know, kids can sometimes be shy. So we try to try to make them confident and comfortable early on. So when they go out there to perform, they're not feeling like it's them against the world. You know, uh, a lot of times they get their participation trophy. I went to one tournament and I, I felt it went over the top. Everybody got a six foot participation trophy. Um, I left mine there. I wasn't going to haul that thing <laughs> home. I'm more proud of the medal I got, the second place medal in the black belt division uh, when I competed Congratulations. at that tournament. Thank you. Um, appreciate the kind words on prepping for tournaments. We've done that. Sifu used to have us do that all the time. He would have us sit and, uh, you know, be judged by our peers. So, um, and then later by all of us instructors. So we would get people. Probably one of the funniest things I saw at one tournament was a uh, um, a kid had a tape recorder, and uh, when he hit it, it was clearly an adult's voice going, "Judges, my name is," and he uh, did the whole thing. He just lip sank the entire introduction to his form. <laughs> That's funny. So the other funny thing I remember was uh, someone did a musical form to the YMCA, and in the middle of it, they did the YMCA hand signals. So, not sure how karate that related was, but. Uh, that's what they did. So whatever works for you, you know. So what parting advice do you have on a on some of the tournament uh, competition for for youth? Well, like I said, I, I definitely think if you have a youth program, 
uh, well, first off, if you don't have a youth program and you're a martial arts instructor, I would say definitely start one. Um, it's needed. Um, there's so many activities and things that you can do with your youth that uh, will get them excited about the martial arts. And as far as preparing them for tournaments um, or uh, you should just have them compete in them as much as possible. Um, I, I have learned that kids really enjoy the competition aspect of it. They get to see other kids who are doing what they're doing um, at their level or at a higher level. And it seems to me, it seems to really galvanize them and, you know, make them want to continue. I really think that competition, especially at the young age, overcomes uh, fear of public speaking, uh, fear of uh, interaction, fear of being um, put on a stage and uh, judged. A lot of good competition uh, skills cross over into what's going to be needed in the real world later in life. I know that's always helped me. I'm not scared to get in front of a group of anybody and, and speak or uh, do all that. I have to. I'm a teacher. so. Uh, but I know those skills are some of what I carried over from competition days. Well, it's interesting you say that because um, I actually was very afraid of public speaking and being in front of crowds. Um, and when I started doing martial arts, um, that had to change because if I wanted to compete or if I wanted to teach, I had to, to know what I was talking about and make sure that I was um, knowledgeable and skilled and I could articulate. And without having those um, experiences in tournament, I don't think I'd ever be where I am today. Well, if you've never seen uh, Sifu Del Mar in a tournament, it's quite an impressive sight. You never know what's going to happen next. Uh, flip kicks, jump spinny kicks, and cartwheels, and all kinds of stuff. And man's very formidable. So I will leave you all with that. So for the cars portion, we have an exciting day for you today. We are going to take on the debate with our two experts. Oh no. Uh, Coven Blackman. That's a lot of hype. There's a lot of hype about that one. Listen. Coven Blackman. Technicians. Hyundai uh employee. Oh whoa. Oh, I'm definitely just yo. Coven Blackman. Don't compare me to such a trash company. Oh, I can't and, say that. Uh, I work for him, boy. Dwayne Hayes, Hyundai employee. Yes. They are going to debate Kia versus Hyundai. All right. And me and Del Mar will be no, eating no, no. popcorn, watching the debate go. Truthfully, there's not even a debate here. Oh, okay. Hyundai's just better. It, there's, there's no argument. Mm, mm, mm. And why would you say that, young man? I mean, look at y'all. Y'all got the dang look Stinger. At, okay. Stinger's like a mix between... You got the Dodge rear end and a BMW right. front end just okay. mashed together. Okay. And just. But it's a popular selling vehicle, isn't it? Yeah, but it's trash. But it's a popular selling vehicle, isn't it? So is a Prius. Oh, okay. So here's what we're going to do. First off, not only did you guys not sell enough as a real company that you made a fake company called it Genesis, and now that's its own company. I don't want to hear none. We're so good that we're breeding new companies. Breeding new companies. What do y'all got? Y'all Hey, have... hey, GM did that a long time ago. Look at how many of them are staying And up. look at GM now. They're doing pretty good. I told you this was going to be good. Oh, then, oh I'm in love. All right, let me just it. let me just say hey, when Genesis becomes Saab or Pontiac. Now, I'll give you I'll give you this though. Geo, like, Oldsmobile. The, the Genesis that sounds coupe sounds like Genesis. The to Genesis me. coupe I'm not a big fan of, but I guess it's still more it's of a the very Hyundai. popular selling vehicle. I, I don't like that one at all. I think truthfully, I think it's a real ugly car. But you know, 
you get People into you get one. into the Genesis company themselves. I think their newer cars actually look really nice. Mm-hmm. Not that you know, it's not my cup of tea, but I think they're good looking vehicles. I think they're very capable. I'll tell you, it's kind of funny because we started off, you know, with the K nine hundred and uh, what was the other one? We have the K nine hundred, the Cadenza. I mean, those are nice looking vehicles. You guys have the Genesis. It's just just plain. It's just, yeah, that'll outrun your Stinger any day. First off, that's not true. Especially it really with the is. New power plant that they have in there this year. So don't even start with me on that. And we got a facelift this year. I will tell you, the only thing you could have on us is the fact that Kia, every year is a facelift, and it gets some. It does get on my nerves because every year is something different. I'll come in with cars that have 2012. Yeah, because people hate them so much. The they gotta change this stuff up every year so oh. people buy it. Okay, first I off. Mean, how many people buy your Palisade over the Telluride? Because I'll tell you right now, Man, every time I anyone, hear somebody, anyone I hear somebody, with oh, half that, a mind. That new Telluride, oh, you work on that Telluride? You work on that Telluride? That's a nice vehicle, ain't it? It sure is. I don't hear nobody talking about the Palisade. Compared to the, pa- the Palisade compared to the Telluride is just such a better looking vehicle. The Palisade, I mean, it's perfect. It really is. It is just a great looking vehicle. The Telluride, the body lines just don't work. It looks like a bloated Palisade, really. Okay, all right. Well, as I might agree with you, I do think the Palisade, especially in white, looks like a polar bear. It does. And I it think looks it's like a, a nice bear. looking vehicle. Too bad the interior of it is trash. The interior is trash. No. Telluride is better. <laughs> Compared to the Telluride, I still prefer the Palisade. Mm-mm. However, Mm-mm. if Our I'm spending 50, 60 grand on a vehicle. You're going to do it on a Telluride. No. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. It's okay. No, one, it's going to have the cross flags on it. Oh. It's going to be called a Corvette, but two... Oh, this guy. You know, the, the interior of the Palisade, it could be better. I'm not going yes, to lie. I could agree with the Not Telluride. to say that the Telluride is better. I still prefer the Palisade interior, but if I'm spending that much money on a vehicle, I would kind of want a little what, bit... What seat colors come in that, tell you, uh, in that Palisade? Man, you got... You have white, which Fresh. I never get. Because that would get stained up real fast with me. I you have, have you got black. Mm-hmm. I'd probably go with the black. I think you got a cream as well. You have a cream. I think that sounds it's like terrible. Imagine not color. having more of like a like an orangish. I don't I mean, that I don't pops think, out. I don't think we that got an orangish. We don't have red because red is for the K five has red. The Genesis, the new Genesis G seventy eighty, the the SUV one. I forget. That has a red interior. That hate that. Nice. I hate the look of that car. Really? I hate the look of the Genesis because is the it grills. Because of uh, Tiger Woods? Or? No, it's because the grills are just ridiculously bad. The the interior on them cars are nice. I mean, they're they're real nice. The steering wheel has a nice feel to it. Okay, and so does the Forte GT. But you see, and that's a and that's a compact quote unquote. Well, you, it's not a sports car, but. It's yeah, a commuter right. car, it's not but a I'll tell you what, car. they let me drive a Forte GT down to Atlanta, and I had absolute fun with that car. I didn't do, you know, you know I didn't do anything. No, nah, that's right? what I'm saying. I'm just saying, I didn't do anything stupid or anything like you that. You dipped into Mexico for No, I didn't minutes. go. Hey, I, I did not dip into Mexico for a few minutes. Definitely not in Georgia. The last people you mess with on the earth yeah. is, GS, uh, is GSP. You never mess with Georgia State Highway Patrol. You never do that, because they, the, they, they are the people... That will walk up to your face, have a wonderful conversation. You're talking about dogs, and then they write you a ticket for a thousand bucks. Those are the guys. I'll tell you right, any state trooper, honestly, is that's the type of guys. But yeah. You would know about that, but you know. Yeah. As being, know. A, being a Kia guy, I don't, you know, I'm fine because, you know, we have some amazing cars. The cars feel good. That that Forte GT felt good. I um, That's, I don't like the feel of 
Hyundai Kia cars. The Palisade, for what it is, I like how it drives. Mm-hmm. It's got some surprising pickup for its size, but that's one thing. Even with you know the Kona N and all the performance cars, mm-hmm. lines. I'm sure they can handle fine, but when I'm driving them, it just doesn't, doesn't handle, feel yeah. like it. It just feels like the wheels are going to break loose. And I was I, surprised you just now got around to talking about the N series. I'll, I'll yeah, we have the N series. I'll say this. I got to drive a, a Kona N. Mm-hmm. I'm not uh, being honest with you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be caught dead in a Kona. Uh huh. But the Kona but, N. But the Kona N was a very interesting vehicle. It drove like a true American muscle car, which was weird because it's Korean. But it had that feel. You could change the suspension settings, and mm-hmm. you turn that stuff all the way full stiff. It re- it felt nice. And I'll it say had that. some good pickup to it. How it about was, the Veloster? I've not drove the Veloster N. I've drove other Velosters. I don't like how they drive. And I'll be out of all the Hyundai quote performance vehicles. <laughs> I like the Kona N the best. I don't like the Veloster, and I'll tell you why. I hate the look of the the first gen. The first gen Veloster I thought looked terrible. I hate the rear end of it. Looked really weird. The front end of it was just a Hyundai, and I was just like, nah. That's to be fair, because it is a Hyundai. Hyundai, But it just looks, it doesn't look anything different. It looks like what I would expect. I'll agree with you. I do not like the Veloster. I really don't like the Veloster. I don't know if I have a bias against it, because we get a lot of them coming in that have just been lowered. Hell, some of them have been cambered out. I just don't like them. We can't work on them most of the time. So, a little history, uh, because again, I'm I'm old as dirt. Hyundai started out in America with the uh, Hyundai Excel, a car that would self-destruct at forty thousand miles. Yes. Um, I was dating a young lady one time, and I had to drive a Hyundai Excel from Charlotte to Pittsburgh, pick up her aunt, and uh, we couldn't get it over fifty-five miles an hour over the Appalachian Mountains. I was driving in the middle of the night. Um, that's so that was kind of that Hyundai, story. Though. Now, Kia yeah. came with the Sophia, mm, yeah, and yeah. it shares the same motor as a uh, Mazda uh, Miata. Yes, which is very funny because when I was looking for parts for the Miata, I was like, wait, we might have the parts in stock at Kia. Uh, or at least they could order it at least. I mean, this car, especially car companies just coming over, even though we were roughly the, well, we started out different, but we're the same brand now. It's funny because, I mean, we, cars coming over from America, which is a completely different other topic, but cars coming over from America all share something that was already over here in America, just like the Miata. Um, But I'm sorry. I just, Hyundai just doesn't have a good lineup for me. I think the new Sonata, I think it looks terrible. I think the new Sonata looks terrible. And I'd take a K5 over that. And that's unfortunate because I. I can agree with that. I think the new Sonata and Elantra designs, I think they're interesting. They're mm-hmm. definitely different. I don't like the Elantra. But I'm just not a fan of it. I like like the 2019 Elantra. I thought that looked okay. That looked like a car. The new Elantra looks... Everybody's going so futuristic. And I was like, Kia's doing the same thing. Kia, some of Kia's facelifts are looking really interesting. The new Telluride facelift, I'll tell you right now. When I talk about the Telluride, I don't acknowledge the 2023 Telluride. I acknowledge 22 and below. Because that car looks good. But they have this new facelift with like led headlights and it just look it it looks really weird it looks like an alien palisades getting that too 
I and mean, so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Whoa, we in the hey, podcast oh, world. Hey, we're whoa, done. We're not done. Because let me tell you something right here. <laughs> let me tell you something. Hyundai doesn't have what Kia has, and that's movement that inspires. All right. That's our quote. Movement that inspires. Now, we might have changed that quote about 39 different years, but, but we have movement that inspires the EV6, which looks a lot better than the Ionic, I might add. That's a high popular selling vehicle. We couldn't so keep those on the I don't like EVs, so both of them are straight out the window. But I'll tell you right now, uh, like that 40 GT, that took me by surprise. I would buy that car. I'll tell you this I'd much. I'll tell you, between Hyundai and Kia, I think we've got some serious job security here. I really do. <laughs> I think after this podcast come out, neither of you are going to have job security. Well, hopefully, no, that might neither be service true. managers are listening. Oh, um, I will make sure they'll be no, here. No, just no, for no. the record... Just for the record, I feel Hyundai's far superior to Kia. I really don't think so. At I all. really think they I are. I think that if you had the consumer pick between the Hyundai Kia lineup of at least 2019, you can't trust the consumer. Let's, yeah, I can't trust the consumer. You trust the consumer, you end up with what was it like the fourth gen Mustang? That's what happens when you trust the consumer. Let me tell you something. Dwayne does have a point. The fourth generation Mustang Which was one? designed really look bad. by many. Uh, focus groups, over a thousand uh, customers were surveyed, and it is one of the most hated Mustang designs. But see, listen, hear me out. Hear me out. As you can tell by just what you heard, when you come in for service, we care about the customer. We care about the consumer. Uh, we're know, going you, down a uh, rabbit hole. I'm we just saying. We shouldn't I'm go just down. saying. I'm just saying. But when it comes to Hyundai and Kia, I, I just really think that Kia has a better lineup. The new Sportage, once again, not talking about the newer cars, but at least 2022 and below, and I feel again, like we have a really good Coven lineup. will be working somewhere else. I'm just saying. You can think, what you, you can think what you saying. want, Coven, but at the end of the day, you're wrong. Oh. All right. And we're going to end that segment on that. He's we're not just wrong. just going to let it go. I'm not wrong. Uh, not as you wrong. know, I like to end with a little history. Uh, 1999 World Tai Chi Day was created. It's always the last Saturday in April. And in 1996, a struggling car company Porsche released the Boxster, which ended up being its saving grace. They sold more Boxsters in the first year than they did any other Porsche and enabled the company to right itself financially. I'm just saying. And I'm so, just saying. I'm just saying. We're going to go ahead and end this episode. I want to thank our super producer, Bonnie. Bonnie Lee. Whoop. And her super assistant producer, Rodney. Rodney. Woo. For today's episode, we hope to hear you in podcast land soon. And follow us on social media. We'll have the Instagram up soon. You can check out uh, all previous podcasts and hopefully we'll be, as my wife says, surprisingly entertaining. And, and make sure to stop by your nearest Kia dealer because we got some sales going on this All month. All right, cut that, Bonnie. <laughs>